You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. How are you today? Tired. Yeah, me too. So we have that in common. <laughs> I, I I saw uh, I saw something on, uh, on Macedon yesterday, and somebody said, you know. When you get you, you you go through your twenties, thirties, and forties, and all of that, and then you realise you get to fifties, and that's when the check engine light comes on. That is a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> yeah. That is when it comes on. Yeah. Um, a lot of geeky stuff going on, but I had an idea. Julie, my wife, and I were talking the other day um, in the car, mostly me, because um, I think she was kind of bored with it, but that's okay. It's. I don't blame her a bit, honestly. She was bored with it, so it's definitely something yeah. we need to talk about. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was about time travel and stuff. So David and I are going to get into kind of a longer conversation on that in a little bit. But first, we've got a couple things we wanted to discuss. Number one, um, I went and saw Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't. I didn't went, but I watched shazam fury of the gods shazam part two if you will a odd movie in that we know that they are rebooting the dc universe we've discussed it and nauseam here yeah. um we also know they have a slate of movies coming out that is pre-reboot so I, you know it's one thing just to watch a standalone movie and go oh, yeah that was pretty good and you know whether it's a superhero movie or not but when you know that it's supposed to be part of this expanded universe where things in one movie, supposedly, although Marvel has been pretty bad about this as well, it has effects in another movie, or at least they, they reference something. Well, I don't know if you've looked at any of the spoilers or anything about this movie, but there's a big something that happens in this movie that's clearly part of the DCU, but now it's, yeah, it's like, who cares? Which is why I didn't go rush out to go and see it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I watched I watched the first one again relatively recently, and I remember at the time being really, really quite enjoying it. Um, it didn't hold up as anywhere near as well the second time of viewing. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, you know we've we've recently seen Black Adam as well, which is uh, a character very, very much associated with Shazam. Yeah, um, gets his powers the same way. Yep, um, and yet appeared in black adam it was like it was like it operating a vacuum it was like nobody'd ever heard of shazam despite the fact of the stuff that happened um and uh there is yeah there is um i've read this week apparently there is some sort of beef you know kind of i i think the shazam the people behind shazam were not thrilled about um the rock basically going around saying you know well yeah no, I, i'm in charge of this part of the universe which is kind of his attitude and then and i think they were going well hang on what 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 about what we did what was that chopped liver um and there was there are rumors that there was from from people associated with black adam there were attempts to interfere with the second shazam movie um and yeah for, i mean for me i didn't rush out and go and see it because i know the whole thing is kind of up in the air so it's not a must-see for me it's something that i can wait to watch when it comes out on streaming Um, i think you're better off there i mean one of my big problems with this movie is and it was kind of the same with the first movie the billy batson character for those who've never seen shazam says shazam and he has the power of atlas and hercules and the wisdom of blah, blah 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 um acts more like a kid than the kid does. The kid acts yeah. way more mature. Uh, the, the mannerisms are different. Everything is different. But yeah. I thought he's just turning into his adult version while he has the powers. But yet, if he has wisdom and all this, why does he, why does he act like a kid? And why does yeah. he act more like a kid, goofy, than he is when he's actually the kid? That To me, that made no sense. Well... This movie obviously was filmed about what three years later. Yeah, the kid is well, pretty almost an adult now. Yeah, and he acts way more mature. He's, by the way, in it maybe a tenth of what he was in the first movie. Um, yeah. and Levi as Shazam acts more like a kid than he did in the first movie. 
So the kid is acting way more mature, and Shazam is acting more like a dumb kid. I don't. And when I say dumb, I mean dumb. He's dumb in the movie. You're like, wait, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I had big problems with this movie from that perspective. It's like, wait a minute. They don't act anything alike hmm. at all. And yeah. you would think, and I know that was a big criticism of the first movie, you would think that the production crew, or at least the two actors would get together and try to, okay, I'm going to do this. This will be my mannerism. You do the same thing. We need to be on the same page that we are essentially the same person. Nothing like that was done. Yeah, you wonder if they even hung out or met very much because they weren't in the same scenes. Never. You know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I mean, that that is a... a look, the first movie was charming in one respect. For that. It didn't make any sense, but it was charming. Zachary Levy's performance was... A, basically, it was a superhero version of Big. Um, you know, was charming for that. But um, by the end of the movie, it kind of grates. Um, the other problem I have with this, really, is obviously this one transforms from um, a Shazam movie into a, an ensemble piece because all of his... Uh, they've got the whole Marvel family there. And, of course, you know, you're spreading that problem further out. Um, and, in fact, going back and thinking about that point in the in the first movie, when all of his... Um, siblings get the powers towards the end in the in the um, in the final in the final big fight. They all act far more mature than he does as well. <laughs> you know, the, when they when they become adult, they have two big so, baddies, and one's a fifty four year old woman, and the other one's a seventy seven year old woman. Now, well, not to be ageist, but they're going up against a bunch of teenage, or not even teenagers. Some of them are still kids. How, really? It, to me, that does. I I did not understand why. Number one, the the whole reasoning behind why these two people come back really is never explored much. Um, there's one scene that you kind of get it, but they don't go anywhere with it. What they do during the movie is completely nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, there's it's actually three of them. I don't know if you knew that, but you'll find that out. It, I'm not spoiling much because everyone's talking about it. There, there's some just stuff that's just it, it. Okay, it's a superhero movie. You're not supposed to take it too seriously, but good lord, it, it's just this is what you came up with. This was the movie. This was the script. Well, well, um, this is DC all over. This has been precisely the problem all the way through. Is that um, you know it, it's superhero by numbers. It's absolutely superhero by numbers. The opportunity to do a particular type of scene um drives you know they they come up with all those ideas and then they put the plot in afterwards um and it it makes for very very mediocre films i i've been laughing this week you know the zack snyder uh was teasing on twitter that there was gonna be this big announcement you know and it was gonna be a big thing and you know save the date and all of that sort of stuff and, and what is it it's you know his weak attempt at a a Snyder con where he's going to reshow all these movies in his, you know, Man of Steel and, and Batman versus Superman. And then his, his cut the justice, justice league over three nights. And, you know, he was trying to hype it up to a big thing. And I was just thinking, yawn. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Why? Three, 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 three movies, which only the first one was rated at all. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the other two just got longer and dumber and you're, you're still going on like, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm on record saying I, I I enjoyed the Snyder Cut more than the the um, more than the uh, the Whedon that, version yeah, that actually came out in the theaters. Much. But that doesn't mean that I thought it was great. It was better, but it wasn't still wasn't great. Um, yeah, I, I and and yeah, this is my problem with all of this at the moment is that until we get to the new stuff that's come from the new heads of the studio, who are people we respect. Um, and uh, people who we feel like really understand the material a lot more, we're not going to be able to judge judge about what's going on. But in the meantime, all this stuff is just holding pattern. Yeah. And <clears throat> why should you get, you know, why should you get interested in it? Because you know, even this whole conversation, we know all of these movies were done in service to this bigger idea that we we know they were messing up. You know, if if the idea of your universe is the reason your movie exists. And that was the problem with the Snyder movies, is that um, 
Batman versus Superman was in service to the universe. It wasn't designed to be a good standalone yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 that compromises it. And uh, you know, the executives, every single story beat and and decision made in those movies was about how does it serve the universe. Um, yeah, and, Marvel uh, went the other way early on. Yeah. Early on, Marvel made these movies. Captain America: The First Avenger was a great movie. Um, yep. And you felt for the character, you understood him, his motives, you see him get transported to the future. Um, Iron Man's a great movie, you know. Yep. Uh, Thor was pretty good. And, and they introduced all these, de- and you already knew who the Hulk was because he had a movie that was okay, but yeah. So when you finally get to Avengers, it, it had depth and meaning. You know all these characters. And each one got pretty equal screen time. And they all had good character yeah. arcs in the first Avengers movie. You even knew who the bad guy was because you had met him before. So yeah. it, it had weight and depth, whereas nothing in DC has any depth, any weight, no. because they just... Yeah. and yeah. But the problem is Marvel, and there's some reports coming out this last week that Marvel is going to drastically slow down their release schedule. They think they're doing too much. <laughs> Duh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> 40 movies in and they've noticed. Yeah, they finally went, you know what? <laughs> this this might be this might be a little fatiguing for people. Um, and like well, you yeah. said, that if you don't watch everything that came before, some of it doesn't make any sense. And they yeah. got to stop doing that as well. And I agree to a certain extent. Well, that, well, I think Marvel's problem in particular is they have a formula. And now people, so they've, seen, they've released so much stuff that you can see the formula. And that's the difficulties. When they... That formula you just talked about, yeah. about you know giving them a standalone movie, um, putting in a few hints to the rest of the universe and all that, that was great. But the problem is we now start to see each of these movies as, as very much the same. He's a character, he gets his powers, he gets his position, right? Then he has a moment of crisis and he comes right at the end, big fight at the end. Yeah. yeah? That formula is very, very thin now. And um, they need to start changing it up. And the problem is that when they try and change it up, it's often not quite as good. Uh, and the the reality as well is is that is that you know they've got too much stuff on the slate. They've got too many characters servicing the big universe. And they've also got another problem now, which is it's hard to build peril for your main character if you if they're now so firmly entrenched in what everyone a lot of people know is a bigger universe and you think well where are the other guys exactly you know why why is not every movie an avengers movie because every movie has other superheroes working with them and there's a financial reason for that it's because marvel has been saying well we can't afford to do uh, a, a double act movie every time with uh, you know big characters and and maybe that's what they need to do and it may be slowing down will allow them to do that and also as well i think you know we you and i've both said that tv stuff has been quite a bit more successful um and maybe Lately. what they need to do yeah maybe what they need to do is they tr- need to try and uh, transition the universe to more of a mix maybe not have eight or ten episode seasons for for one of their shows but do a four-episode arc that's, that's like a long movie. Daredevil's then, going and, the opposite direction. They're doing like 18 episodes. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, dare, I know. but here's the thing, though. Um, a lot of the same people that did it on Netflix is returning for this. Yeah. Which but, I think the Daredevil, the three seasons of Daredevil on Netflix is some of the best I've ever seen. It's certain, just fantastic. But, it is, but the problem is, is, is again, you have a you have a structural problem. There is how do you keep the tension going all the way through those eighteen episodes? It's very, very difficult to to not end up having a few filler episodes where not very much happens. Um, and uh, you know, also as well, the, the the certainly I think an issue with the original Daredevil series was that if they were so unrelenting, and you would look at it and go, how can anybody kind of maintain this how could any guy you know, get beat up running that a many law times firm, and yeah beaten beaten up every single night and then every morning nobody notices he's beaten up and he does a day's work and then he goes out again he apparently never sleeps he hardly ever eats you know I never mean, uses the it bathroom just be- yeah yeah it just becomes it just becomes it's so full-on that it becomes unrealistic for that reason and uh you know i'm saying this in the context of a blind guy who can fight people like a ninja but um 
yeah, you just kind of think, well, you need to. It needs a little bit more light and shade, um, and that. But doing that light and shade is trickier to pull off than to keep the unrelenting, you know, fighting going on. So I, I think that I think they're creating some problems for themselves. It'd be interesting to see how they pull those off. But you know, their attempts to do light and shade in some of these other shows have not been. I mean, She-Hulk was all about trying to do light and shade, and they didn't really nail that, did they? Well, I think more more people focused on the bad CGI than the actual storytelling, because the actual storytelling was actually pretty good. Most of the acting was pretty mm. decent. It's just yeah. you couldn't get past really bad CGI. And the lady that was in charge of basically CGI at Marvel was fired. Yeah. You know. Anyways, um, I watched the series on Amazon. You, I don't know if you've ever seen it, called Bosch. And they had uh, like no, I, yeah. four or five, and then they rebooted it. They didn't reboot it. They continued it under a different name, under Freebie, which is another Amazon property. And they've got another one coming, and they've got a spinoff. But here's the thing. It's a cop drama. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's really good. It's really, really good. But what they did better than I've... I don't know if I've ever seen a show do this as well, is they give you the sense of a passage of time, which mm-hmm. something like Marvel's Daredevil series does not do. That, you know, what happened yesterday truly felt like yesterday. You understood this is the next day because we saw him at home having a drink, listening to his stereo. Uh, He got a phone call. This is definitely the next day. And he actually looks a little tired because of events from the day before. You you get this sense of day and night and some time has passed. Yeah, some of these, quite a lot of these quite a lot of these shows it's almost like you know you can't tell whether it it lasts a week five weeks ten weeks six months or just one night or or a few nights it's very difficult to uh unless they put something in the dialogue that indicates the passage of time you can't tell think about one of the best marvel movies of all time captain america civil war when tony stark goes and gets Mm spider-man and then they go to germany yeah, they do a terrible. Um, um, they did a, a really bad job of establishing how long that really took because that would be a couple of days. Well, what was yeah. Captain America doing for a couple of days? Why are they still at the air? It doesn't. Yeah, when you really delve into it, you're like, wait a minute, this has been days right. now. And well, that's that problem where it's like, well, we've got the scene, uh, and we're going to kind of shoehorn it those, in here. Shoot, we're going to put that in, and we're going to gloss. We're going to hand wave over the plot details of how that happened. Yeah, how did they get to Germany? No. Yeah. Because he says, do you have a passport? Yeah. It's, well, wait a minute. So, so I can't where was remember. Yeah, I cannot need that. I can't remember why. <laughs> I mean, bearing in mind that, that all of um, the good guys in the Civil War story, you know, Captain America's crew, yeah, they had to travel to Germany to assemble to have that fight. Yeah, but they already had to travel from America to Germany. So why don't they just keep going from where they left from to where they were going? <laughs> Me up there. Well, because I can't, I can't, I can't remember the plot detail that that was handwaved in that's, that that had them all have to meet in Germany. Uh, because that's where they saw Bucky. Because remember, he was framed for killing um, the Black Panther's father thing. He right, and it wasn't this, him. Did, and then did the, they see him at the airport? No, but they spotted him. And then they need to get to the airport to get some transport, uh, an Avengers Uh, Quinjet, so they can get to where they're going. And that's where Iron Man and his crew is waiting for them. I don't... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, so so take a train. (laughs) I mean, don't... You don't need... You don't need the other other forms of transport are available. Yeah, yeah, and you don't all need to travel together in one big fat juicy target. No, especially in costume. In costume, when you're being hunted by a group of other superheroes who all have wicked well, powers. but you got to remember, there's not much security at airports. <laughs> well, yeah, not- I mean that airport. That airport, well, the time they had their fight, appeared to be deserted. Yeah, I mean it was like everyone had left um, because, yeah, uh, well, yeah. You know, but now, now we are going now down the being, rabbit hole. We're we're being those guys. Yeah. <laughs> but to go back to my point. Yeah. They, uh, these kind of movies would do well to establish some passage of time. Yeah, and we've talked about this as well with other 
with with the Star Wars and the Star Trek movies is that uh, you know the the time it takes to travel between one place and another and the distance between one place and another is irrelevant to the plot in many modern sci-fi movies. So the Enterprise can cross can cross half the galaxy in an hour if it suits the plot. Um, well, the for, and, the last Star does. Wars movie was the yeah, worst. Exactly that yeah, hyper jumping it, thing. <laughs> So they could go from one planet to another in a split second. But yet it took Han in the Millennium Falcons how much longer to get to where Alderaan was supposed to be? Long enough to play chess and uh, and fight a drone. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, um, you know, and remember, of course, in the second Star Wars movie, if you're being chased by a a huge battle fleet, you can leave any time you want as long as you come back. Yes. (laughs) You know, that's fine. You can go off and do a side mission while you're being chased, but don't do that with everybody because obviously that's not in the rules. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, stupid. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, Arvel's yeah. pretty angry right now because I guess the dialogue to the new Ant Man movie leaked online. Someone posted it on Reddit and now they're suing. Well, they haven't sued yet, but they're going to. They're angry. They're demanding names from Reddit and Google users to find out who posted the dialogue. Oh. Really, this is what you're angry about. This, yeah, and and I've got news for you. When you demand the usernames and you get 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 told that it was slash you slash sucks to be Marvel, yep. right? Um, that doesn't help you in a court of law. No, <laughs> you know, Reddit Reddit doesn't know who it is. I have a Reddit account. They know the only thing that Reddit knows about me is what I post on Reddit. They don't know anything else. They don't know where I live, well, or anything like that. Uh, they do if you're not using a GPS, uh, VPN. Uh, well, really. And look, e- even that, you know. Okay, so they get a VPN, and, and they, they I haven't got a VPN, so right. they look at IP addresses, yep. right? I log into Reddit on my phone. I log in my work computer. I log into my home computer. Yeah, there's a multiple number of addresses there which, which don't necessarily pin me down. And even if they say, oh, well, this is his home route, and we think the IP address at the time these things were made was this, right? I don't prove who in the house did it. What are they going to do? The the you know, counter to that, David, is if you and I start talking about catnip for five minutes, the next time you jump on Facebook, you'll see ads for catnip. Yeah, I don't think Reddit are that good at that that sort of thing, though. Uh, I think they're better than um, you think they are. Oh, yeah, but yeah, but what's the point, right? What's the point? The, the, the difference is, all right, so somebody somebody leaked the script. First of all, I, the people I'd be going after in Marvel is is whoever in the studio leaked the script. Well, that's what they're hoping right? to get. They they want to find out who leaked it to the, on here because that will lead them to whoever actually leaked it internally. And honestly, it probably wasn't even someone internally. Someone probably left their computer on. Someone yeah, saw it, or downloaded it. Yeah, it, it was or, a photocopier or something like yeah. that. Um, you know, it, the, the difficulty is it's their processes. Going after members of the public who are interested in the products that they hype to the universe, yeah, is really, is really. I, I, I find it quite difficult. You know, because they're quite. It's it's a case of what they're quite happy to leak all sorts of stuff. They do the interviews and they do the clips, uh, and they uh, they post stuff on Twitter. Exactly. You know, kind of. It's just like, well, this this one wasn't in their control, and frankly, who cares about the dialogue? In well, reading the dialogue is not going to help you know if it's a good movie. No. At all. Uh, no. Absolutely I mean, not. Y- I think if you actually just read the script and the dialogue to Captain America Civil War, you think it was terrible. Because the lines probably sound terrible on a paper, but you need a Robert Downey Jr. to read that, you know, he killed my parents, he killed my mom. That doesn't mean anything when you read it in a script. It's his performance of he's almost crying and he's hurt and angry and he killed my mom and you totally get it. On the script, it's garbage. It's just kind of, it's it's crap, but it's that performance that brings it out. So, to be angry about the script being leaked is just petty. Well, and I can look. I can understand them being angry, but as they're I going say, after I think the they're wrong looking people. in the wrong place. Yeah. They need to just say, oh, right, well, we learned a lesson there. Next time we we improve the security and we put more tracing in and we have more fake scripts and. You know, we have them all in lock boxes or whatever. All the, the, I mean, this is a solved problem. Most big movie franchises don't have this happen now. So no. the fact that it happened, they shouldn't be going suing their fans over or it. Or if they, if other scripts had been leaked before, 
no one cared and it was never reported and only a few people yeah. on reddit even seen it <clears throat> so we don't even know about it uh what yeah. we do know about is uh, a story that you posted about amc theaters changing their pricing structure that yeah it's going to not all theaters but some of them are going to go to a tiered one that you have to buy your tickets in advance you pick your seats and the price is dependent upon you know your eye line how, how good the seats are they've been doing this in concerts since the 80s i mean i remember that but well, yeah this is a little different this is movies so movies are already expensive it's already cost prohibitive to take a family to a movie because you can drop a hundred dollars you know yeah, easily easy and then now okay well we want the little bit better seats so that's going to cost us another 10 bucks per seat well, first of all, I have a difficulty with the concept in a movie theater of a better seat, right? Oh. We've had we've had better seats before where they're more padded, they might have recliners and things like that. And you can kind of understand that. A little bit more space, what have you. But the difficulty is these are they're talking about existing theaters, right? And and the whole point about movie theaters up until now is they've been designed so that everyone has a good eye line to the screen. Right. Some people have preferences. Some people like to be near the front and really engage in the movie because they you know it fills their vision. Some people hate that and want to be near the back. Some people like to be on the left or the right because uh, they find it more comfortable to sit there. And other people want to be bang as close in the middle as they want to be uh, because because they feel that's where they get the best experience with the sound and all of that. What what AMC are trying to do here is exploit those preferences by charging people more money for their preferences. Yep. Yeah. But the, but the theatres are the same. So the, effectively, the, all they're doing is saying, okay, yeah, we know that we used to have flat pricing for this. Now we're going to charge you more depending on where you want to sit. Uh, and, and yeah, my view, and as you said, is it was already expensive enough to go to the theatre. You can't bring in... Uh, legally bring in your own snacks or anything like that and if you buy their concessions you are paying through the nose for that then you've got parking and 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 other things as well that often go along with the with a visit to the theater by trying to jack up prices like this what we're going to do is say say to people well we're not going to go there you know well they're already doing that that's in i I don't know why they think this is uh, a counter to less people going to theaters that's right it doesn't make sense like we haven't got enough people come to theaters so let's make it more expensive because i mean we just came out of a pandemic for two years no one went to the movie theaters yeah now you're going to start raising prices on seat preferences that's pretty dumb because after all there is uh there is no other way anybody can ever watch a movie except go to a theater I mean, how about, right, yeah. yeah, how about, how about I won't go and see it when it comes out. I'll wait till it comes on streaming and I'll watch it at home. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what people are already doing. And more people would be doing that if they, they you can't make the, the difficulty. You can't make a theater, uh, the theater experience an expensive luxury without actually making it an expensive luxury. If you want to rip out all the seats and put in tables and meals and, uh, you know, really nice things and couches and, and make it more like being at home and charge people more for that, that's fine. But what you can't do is say, oh, yeah, it's exactly the same product as before, but now if you want to sit here, we're going to charge you more for it. You know? Julie, and when Julie does it never stop? goes to the theaters because it's, it's always too chilly for her, and I get that because yeah. they crank up the yeah. air conditioning in these places. And we have the opposite problem in Britain, where where often they don't run the air conditioning properly and it gets really, really hot, which is also not conducive to watching a movie. No, it's, you know, I I, I think they're grasping at straws here and I get it. They're, I want to say that it's a dying industry, but I don't think it is yet, but I think it will be sooner rather than later. I just think less and less people are inclined to go sit into a theater some of these movies are two and a half, three hours long. Who wants to sit in one spot for three hours watching something when your normal watching uh, a movie at home is, eh, I can watch half of it tonight and half of it tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, every time you do go and see a big movie at the theatre, you realise, you do realise that it's not, in many ways it's a superior experience. The sound is far better. The uh, vision is often quite good. Um the environment if it's if they get the environment right is nice but the problem is is parts of that environment they can't control correct they can control the temperature but they can't control the talking they can't control the cell phones 
which is a real problem now when you go to the movie theaters. People look at their phones all the time during the movie. Yeah, they can't control any of that. But what they can control is the cost. You know, really, I think the problem is is that if they want more tickets on seat, more tickets to be sold, which is what it's all about, they need to be going the opposite direction. They you say that, but yeah, we have the cheap theaters here in in town where you're seeing first, well, second run movies that they came out two months ago. Now they're at the theater. That's you know, it's five bucks a ticket, you know, and the concession stand is half the price it is at the other theater. It's generally not the theater's not as nice, but you get to watch a movie. The sound sounds fine and it looks fine, yeah. uh, but nobody goes there. You go to those well, theaters and you're one of four people in the audience, because anybody who wanted to see it in a theater already did, and people who didn't. It's not because it was too expensive. It's just that they're waiting for it to come out on video. I think it's less about the price and more about the experience that people just don't want to spend that much money to go somewhere and not have a great experience. So so if the experience is not great, you've got to bring the price down, but you've also got to offer a, a better product than the cheap theaters. I, I've, I, I'm, I've been to the cheap theaters in the States. I know exactly what you mean. The problem is, is, is again, you have a different problem there. The clientele um, uh, very often are uh, less accommodating to the movie for yep. whatever reason. You know, they 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 might be uh, they might be old and deaf, and so they talk to each other very loud. Yeah, they might be cheap and not care about anybody else, uh, and so you know if they want to behave the way they want to behave. They they they're cheap guy, cheap people, and they just don't care. Right? We've had that as well. You know, both of us have experienced that before. Yep. Right? It, it's you need what they need to do is they need to take the regular movie experience and make it cheaper not make a cheap movie experience that's cheaper they need to take the regular movie experience and make it cheaper and there there are ways of doing that without necessarily just flat knocking the prices down there are membership schemes there are loyalty clubs there are um you know um kind of things like you do with a coffee where you know you you get a stamp and when you got four you get a free one there are all sorts of different things that you can do to bring people in and put them on seats for less money or make them feel like they're getting more value to encourage people in. Well, what you can't do is, in my view, is turn around and say, OK, well, we're going to offer you the same product. We're just going to make parts of it more expensive, especially in this, you know, this thing. Well, oh, you want to sit there? You want to sit there? Oh, oh well, that, that'll be more. I mean, where does it end? Because you know that that's right for algorithmic uh, pricing where basically instead of instead of them um, deciding on a flat price for a particular area of the cinema, they'll look at what people's preferences are, particularly for a particular movie, because they might change for a particular movie, and then they'll run an algorithm that says, OK, well, you know, there's 150 people who want to sit in this type of seat, so we're going to make that one 50 cents more expensive just for this movie or yeah. just this and performance. Then what can and then, bite them in the butt know, with this is that... Well, you know what? The seats that we like, they're all full. I guess we just won't yeah, go. Yeah, just won't go. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it it's, it it's just seems like a really bad idea that some consultant has come up with. And they've all got, oh, you know. Um, and and the reality is not what the projections are going to be. Um, and you, you, it, to me, it just smacks of a company that doesn't understand its own business. Yeah. Well, you know. There is that in there. Let's get into the topic I was discussing when we first started the show, and that's time travel a little bit. Yeah. So I was having this discussion with Julie, and most time travel, number one, the, the, the ability to time travel probably will never exist. But let's put that aside. However, <laughs> I can't. No. no so when you time just, travel, you're not just, yeah. somebody says, okay, you just go back 30 years. Well, but the planet is in a different spot. You just can't <laughs> exactly. rewind time. Yeah. The planet is not where it is. The yeah. A, the universe traveling. is expanding. B, yeah. we our position we go around has, the sun. Yeah, yeah, and it's not exact exactly where. I mean, it's in fact, in fact, the the planet is rotating all the time. So yes. if I were to go back five seconds in time, yeah, I would probably move twenty feet because the planet's rotated underneath me. That's if time travel is literally just moving through time without moving through space then you've got a problem it can't ever work because yeah you'll you'll basically you'll reappear in the middle of empty space and you will die 
Because, yeah, because the entire universe is moving, or, the, you know, the solar system, apart, quite apart from the, the rotation of the planet and us going around the sun, the entire solar system is zipping through space at kilometres per second. The entire galaxy is rotating, and then the galaxies are moving through space, and then the whole of space itself is getting bigger. So you can't just move through time well, you and just, expect to end up where you think, in, think in, you're going to end up. In one day, the Earth rotates... At 1,037 miles per hour. Yeah. So you said five minutes. You're going to be more than 12 feet. You're going to be yeah. on the other oh, side five, of town. Five seconds. I don't sec- know how many, but even if it's five seconds, you, 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 you're you going to be... And that's quite apart from the problem of materializing inside something else. You know, because if, if, if I move... Um, a thousand miles away from where I'm sat now, instantaneously, I might be in the middle of the Alps. Right. And I know, and I've materialized at this height inside a mountain. Exactly. Or I might uh, appear over the sea and drop straight into it. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, uh, and obviously we, we, you know, getting hung up on, you know, this is very much the geeky thing of, uh, you know, yeah, well, it, it, you, you've got to hand wave some of that stuff away yep. to get to get to the story. And the story is, is how do you emotionally deal with the fact that you are now um, a fish out of water in a in a different timeline from the one you live in? Well, forget about Which the timeline. Is, is it's what just people say, are more interested. But. Well, let's let, forget the timeline. Let's just say you're in the same timeline. So here was what I was thinking. It would be easier for you and I to go back 50 years in time and survive than 30 years in time. What yeah. I mean by that is, you go back 30 years. We're in 1993. Okay, so what do you have? You, How are you going to get money? And this is assuming that you didn't prepare ahead of time. You just you wake up one well, day and yeah. it's 30 years ago. You and can't also, use your also, Social Security yeah. number, so you can't get a job yeah. easily here in the U.S. You have no money, and if you had money with you, it, I guarantee you it's newer than 30 years ago, and yep. it probably looks different. You can't use any credit cards. Nope. Your phone, if you happen to have that in your pocket, doesn't work, at no, least you are to make a, phone calls. In terms of society, you are a non-entity. Exactly. you have appeared out of nothing, and you don't have any of the... Modern you're like things a, you're, that you're, you're going like to a need. You're like a time immigrant, is yes. what you are. <laughs> But, and you have nothing. But it's easier if you go back 50 years because there isn't a whole bunch of computerized stuff. You can still use your same Social Security number at first. You know, you could walk into a, a DMV and get a driver's license. Uh, 50 years ago, it was easy to impersonate anybody. Exactly. That's could, my point. You could just, yeah, you could make it because they couldn't check anything. Exactly. There you was know? no record. Yeah. There was no computerized systems that they can, well, wait a minute. You've already got a having, driver's license. Having said that, you know 50 years ago and then the further you go back in 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 any sort of community everybody knew each other so uh, to a certain you, you extent would, you could say you I, very, I just moved here yeah you could but that that then arose uh, aroused suspicion in people yep yeah because that's one of the reasons why people don't trust strangers is because of because you know back in the day before you could check people and everything like that Right, a stranger could be a threat because you couldn't believe half of what they may, were maybe telling you. Exactly. Um, so you would have a different problem in that you would then have to convince people that you weren't some sort of threat. And of course, you're a time traveller. You're going to, you know, depending on your preparation, you might know very little about where you are, or the customs of the time, or how things are done. Well, I think customs of the speak. time is going to be bigger than most people think because we speak oh, well, differently. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have the same. Um, historical significance in what we're saying. Even slang that we use has significantly yeah. changed. Yeah, and and I, I would argue that somebody from today speaks in a more because of the technical technological advantage we have is more aware of things and more knowledgeable of things. Even a stupid person or somebody who's not, who's not particularly interested in any of this stuff will be aware of more things yes. than than somebody from 50 years ago in terms of the general you know what you know about the world what you know about the environment and all of this sort of stuff and that those are the sort of things that are going to make you appear very odd when you say them yes and really make you stick out like a sore thumb which as a time traveler is not what you want no you want to you know, blend in and you disappear want to blend in. so yeah, exactly. so david here here's your you go back 50 years. It's 1973. Yeah. You're in the same town. Mm-hmm. 
uh, let's just assume that you woke up in the middle of a field, no one saw you pop in, right? Right. What do you do? What's the first thing you do? Because well, you I need, think the first thing need, is you need food. Yeah, you need the basics. You need food, you need shelter. Yep. So where do you go to get shelter and food in 1973 That's where you live? No idea. No, I don't have what any do, idea what, either. What I do know is that a lot of the, the kind of the homeless charity stuff and everything back in 1973 was far less. It was far less of a problem, so there's far less support. Yes. Right? Now, you might think, okay, well, maybe let's find what YMCA, maybe, maybe that. But even YMCA, I think you needed something. You needed money. Yep. Um, so it was cheap, but what's you your story money. when you show up at a place looking yeah. for help? What do you tell them? I was mugged. Someone stole my yeah. ID. I, it's very, very difficult. And, and I can imagine, you know, and 1973, certainly in Britain, there was much more police wandering around than there is today. Uh-huh. I mean, now we have now we have none. Back then you had bobbies on the beat. So I could imagine you ending up interacting with the police relatively quickly. If anybody behaving oddly, um, it's going to draw attention, looking, and looking that's going to draw, draw attention. And then the authorities are going to come because back then people did that. They a policeman will walk up and ask you questions, yep. and there was none of this. You're stepping on my rights. So I don't have to answer any questions because they pull out a truncheon and hit you. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's the way policing was done in the seventies. Yep. You know, and that's and again, like we're making the assumption here that it's, this is you and I who are both yeah. um, white people if you were yeah, have, uh, heaven forbid if you're a black guy and you if, go back if you're 50, a black guy well then you, yeah it's e- a different story be- because then you've got you've got all of that or you're an immigrant heaven forbid you're an immigrant yeah. and you go back 50 years in the same place that you are good lord you might be the only person of that heritage that lives there i mean yeah. talk about standing now, out like a sore thumb absolutely now the, now the, the early 70s i mean it was a pretty grim time in britain britain was in the u.s very very yeah, but Britain in particular was very, very broken in the seventies. Yeah, in the early seventies, you might you you might be better taking the approach of like, well, let's try and find a community who are more accommodating, ask less questions. So, like some like hippie commune or a. But how do you, you know, get there? You don't have a car. Well, you how do you to, find you them? To, you can't look them up online. <laughs> No, you can't. You, this is the problem. You have to uh, first of all, you have to understand geography. You might need a map. You might have to ask people. Um, you would have to walk because, uh, which is why doing it here in Britain would probably be easier because our cities are smaller. I mean, it's 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 technically feasible for me to walk out my door today and walked within a day to the edge of Manchester to kind of you know one of the suburbs where it starts starts to become less city and all of that. I could do that in a day because the city is small enough. A lot of American cities you couldn't. Certainly no. in London you couldn't either. Um, I, so so yeah you've you've got you've got to you've got to figure something out and when we see stories like this people kind of by happenstance fall into these things don't they to keep the story moving forward but in real life like all things in real life it will be a massive challenge to uh you know that's why i think a lot of time tra- stories time travel stories are i wound up in my body back then yeah or they fall in like back but to the future that, he gets hit by a car and the family right, takes it, him in yeah, but even that, right? So if I go back to my body in 1973, I'm three years old. Exactly. What? How? Do, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Do I suddenly start walking and talking like a, a 50 year old adult at three? Well, that ain't going to draw any attention, is it? <laughs> you know. Well, 30 years yeah. ago, I am. I'm uh, 33. No, 23. No, wait. No, I'm 33. In uh, 1993. So, no, is that right? Yeah, 30 years so, ago, uh, tw- I would have 23. Uh, 1993, you were 23. Yeah, 23. yeah but the, your 23-year-old you is a very I, different person from oh, you I'm, today. Oh, I'm dating you, my ex-wife. She's not pregnant yet. Yeah. There's but no yeah, but, way I could do that. I, I, but not yet. Yeah, oh, my not God, only I that, would shoot myself. Not only that. Well, quite apart from that, you are you are literally a different person. You've got 30 Absolutely. years more experience, yep. right? You would not... To them, it would be like you suddenly had a personality transplant. Yeah, you, you would, would be a totally different person. be the person. same person. No. And, and that would also stick out like a sore thumb. Yep. It's just like you couldn't bluff your way through that. If all of a sudden you become... Talk in a different way and behave in a different way. Well, you, you know, probably had a different job. Are you going to go back to that job? Could you even do the job that you had... 30 years ago okay probably not yeah no. yeah because I, it's knowledge based and you've forgotten a lot of that knowledge exactly because you know 
I mean, when I was 23, so, okay, so let, let me just think now, 1993. So I had left university and I had my first job. Uh, and that was, I was, <laughs> yeah, here we go. So I was working in a, a manufacturing firm and I was the computer guy. Yep. So I was doing... Novell Netware 3.11. Which you couldn't, you couldn't do that today. I couldn't. I, I couldn't remember the first thing about how I did that job. No. Because, you know, you needed to know commands. You needed to know how now, to do things. could you figure stuff. it out? Yes. But it's going to take well, you a while because what you're not jumping no on Google. the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, had to, you had to go out and buy a book. Yeah. And read it. And, and uh, yeah, it, it would be it would be. You'd have to call into work sick challenge. for a couple of days just to get caught back up. Or yeah. cut back down, maybe I don't know. Um, I like I said, I think it would be easier in some respects to go back fifty years, if it's you physically moving in time, not just your consciousness, if you will. Yeah, but how, fifty years ago, the sort of service type jobs that you and I do didn't exist. No, so but we could we, do a would, lot of jobs back then. Well, you, you you say that, but actually, I think most jobs, even brushing the street, requires a level of skill that. We don't have. We've never done it. You know. I've had a lot more jobs lousy. than you have. Well, maybe, but we would we will probably be lousy street cleaners. Yeah. Um, but here, but again, where do you live? How do you apply for that yeah. job? Yeah. And you can't show up to work stinky. You got to shower somewhere. Well, I mean, there's so they, many. They, 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 Fifty years ago, they didn't shower. It was baths. Well, no showers here. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but uh, it, there's so many impractical things that we just don't we can't, we can't do that we don't have a common frame of reference that they kind of did a, a pretty good job in Back to the Future, but they gloss over so many of the actual issues that you would have. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, he gets hit by a car and the family takes him in. Well, that's. Maybe that happens in the fifties. It doesn't happen in the seventies. No, it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't. I, I was trying. The reason this whole thing came up, I was trying to. I always think of cool book ideas, something to write. Yeah. Um, and that was one of them. I, I've been very interested in time travel stories for a long time, and I started thinking about it from a practical standpoint. If I move so, back in time, putting the physics that the Earth's not in the same rotation, blah blah blah. Yeah. I boop, I'm just where I am. Um, so I I would recommend um, if you've not read it a book to you and to any of our readers who are interested in this, which was a Stephen King book called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Oh yeah, I have and read that one. You have read that yeah. one. Now I thought he did a very good job of addressing much of this because the setup for the book is that is that this um, teacher finds that there's a, a diner in his city in his town and uh, in the basement there's a portal that takes you back every time you go through it to exactly the same moment in, I think it's 1960, right? So you go back and forth. So every time you go through, you end up in exactly the same place and exactly the same time. So when you come back, everything resets, right? Um, and he he is given access to this portal by the, by the friend who owns the diner, who's discovered this. Right, and then it turns out the guy, the guy who owns the diner, has been going and getting meat from the sixties and selling it as burgers. Is why he's always had to have a been able to have a cheap burger, you know. But anyway, the the guy has cancer, and he gives him the secret because he's going to die because he's always wanted to build up to go back and stop the Kennedy assassination, and he kind of gives him the mission to do it. And quite a lot of the book is devoted to him solving all of these problems when you suddenly appear. Out of nowhere in 1960, whatever whatever year it is, he has he has enough time to kind of plan how he's going to stop the assassination. Um, and like many Stephen King books, he kind of balks the ending, but that's by the by. Yeah. Um, the actual process he goes through of setting himself up with all of this sort of thing is fascinating for exactly that reason. Because King thinks about all of this and then comes up with ways for him to do it. Um, and you know, Stephen King really has a a love of the uh, you know the time period from the from the 50s through the 80s and you can tell because you know he he really thinks about the details the guy gets a a car which he absolutely loves and all of this sort of thing you know um it, it's really well done and and he addresses quite a lot of these points in terms of how do you convince people you are who you are how do you get money 
how do you use your knowledge of the future to maybe give you a leg up without giving things away and you know he makes some mistakes and um you know there there are definitely some people who are suspicious of him and he kind of bluffs it out by being a nice guy um and and using his own charisma and charm which let's face it many of us could not do um but it is quite a good approach to how you might do this i know they did a tv show of it i don't know i've never seen that so i don't know what uh, i think it. i watched one episode and i was like yeah this is bad yeah but the, um, the book the book was good a book it was the first stephen king book i'd read in a long time i used to be quite a big fan of stephen king and i really really enjoyed it um though as i say he kind of he kind of fumbles the ending, but uh, that's a frequent Stephen King problem. First thing I ever bought on Amazon.com, March 31st, 2002, which should tell you something, how long I've been at yeah. Amazon, um, was called a replay. And I had read this, I'm going to say in junior high, maybe. Um, they say July of 1998 this came out, but it, it came out in the 80s. Um, this guy has a heart attack. He's 43 years old. He has a heart attack and he wakes up in his body in like, I think the sixties and he wakes up in his college dorm room in his body and he has all of his knowledge and he lives his life again, but differently. And like, he remembers this big race and he bets on it and he wins a lot of money. So he sets him up financially really well. And then when he gets to the exactly the same point, he has another heart attack and he wakes up in the college dorm room again. But now it's like a couple months later. So he has to recreate it. And kind of like the Stephen King book, it resets itself every time he goes back. But when he goes back, it's less and less time. Right. And he might, he, he finds another time traveler at one point because he starts living kind of a hermit life. Cause he realizes everything he changes. doesn't matter because when he, has a yeah. heart attack again at 43, he's going to go back and none of that stuff matters again. So he kind of gets depressed and and he's not happy. And all of a sudden, he sees this movie. The producer's, her name is Pam something, I remember. Um, she's a producer of a movie where George Lucas wrote the script and Steven Spielberg um, directed it. And it's their first movie. And he's like, what the hell? This This never happened before. Yeah. And she's going through the same thing, except when she goes back, she's eight or something like that. Right. And it drives her nuts. Um, it, it was a really good story. I, I really enjoyed it. And I bought it again, obviously, on Amazon in you know 2002. But it's called uh, Replay. It's from Ken Grimwood. Really good book. Okay. I, I really liked so, it. So I, I've, It didn't hold font. up, by the way, as an adult as it did when I was a teenager reading it. By no. The way. Well, another another book that I'd recommend who in in this this genre, and again this this is a quite a clever way of dealing with time travel without falling into a lot of these problems. Is a book by a guy called Robert J. Sawyer, and it's called Flash Forward. They did a terrible TV show of this, which is not worth watching at all. But the book is fantastic. So, Flash Forward, what happens is they are yeah, I see it's on Amazon. Yeah, the protagonist it works at the Large Hadron Collider. And the first time they turned the Large Hadron Collider on, everybody in the on the planet blacks out for like two minutes, right? And most people who black out have a vision of themselves in the future. Some people don't, and the ones that can't see anything is surmised that maybe they died before this this thirty years jump or whatever time jump it is. The problem is that where everyone wakes up again, and there's there's loads of people dead because planes have crashed and cars have crashed and things haven't been done and all of that you know people have fallen off ladders and everything because for two minutes they were unconscious yeah so it's a huge cataclysmic event in humanity's thing but of course everyone kind of goes well what happened um and the and the the book is about them figuring out what happened how it happened they try and turn the collider on again it doesn't happen again um and uh, what the ramifications are for people who have seen a vision of themselves 20 years in the future. Oh, don't give me any more because I just bought it. Yeah, it, it is. I tell you, it's a fantastic book. It really is. I'll listen to that yeah. one next. I also got that replay book again. I'll listen to the audio. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping I enjoy it because, I, like I said, it didn't hold up as an adult reading it, but it, it has a lot of nostalgia for me. 
I think it was the book because I read this book before Back to the Future came out. I think yeah. um, it had a lot of nostalgia for me, but it it's the book that really kind of gave me the idea of oh, what would that be like? You know, yeah. For us, if we woke back up and and we're eighteen years old, uh, that's nineteen eighty eight. You know, uh, that would be easier than waking up when I was you know twenty three. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe not i mean when i was 18 so i just finished school i was about to go to university and um you know certainly would you I, still I go to about, university well th- this is the problem i mean i think often about what i learned at university and i can't remember most of it i've got a degree in chemistry but um you know there's none of the specific stuff i can remember because i don't work in that field anymore yeah um so if i were found find myself suddenly in that position i you'd have to wonder how much how much comes back to you and and again you know how does that work if you if you appear back in your body how much of your you know how bad our memories are how much of your memory of of the future do you retain over time if you start living there i think six eight months yeah i think after a couple years of living starting over again at 18 and now you're 20 i think a lot of the you'll remember the big stuff of course um but think about it this way if if you did wake up back then if you don't do exactly what you did before in exactly the same sequences your children are never born yep i couldn't handle that nope but there's zero chance that i could do everything exactly the same way no no absolutely and and it is i imagine you'd very quickly encounter what they call the butterfly effect you know which is the the, One small um, thing. Fact, the yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. yeah a, a butterfly flaps its wings in the Amazon, and then there's a tornado in Kansas because of chaos theory. Yeah, uh, and the, and and obviously timelines, it would be exactly the same thing. If you don't do, say, do uh, everything exactly, you know, to the second, then you won't encounter the same people, you won't have the same experiences, and the longer that goes on, the more the divergences can become. So I would say, you know, if you appeared in your body at eighteen, within a day you will probably be on a timeline where pretty much most of your experiences will never happen exactly you know because you're not going to remember you know i'm not going to remember the decisions i made that necessarily took me to get to get to that particular well even if you still you know? married luann and and had intercourse the same day that you know she got pregnant with alexander even the same hour the chances of the child being born would be Alexander is probably z- nil. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Because things have, yeah. are different. It's it, it's a fascinating concept. I, I, I like the yeah. idea. I think it makes for really good science fiction stories. Um, yeah. So if somebody out there listening has a good book or a movie, let us know. Because I'm always yeah. looking for good stories to listen to in the car. Or read, but I don't really pull out anything to read anymore because I'm always in the car. That's where I get my reading done, if you will. Um, Let us know. We'd love to hear recommendations or something that you read once or you saw once. You're like, this is really good. You guys didn't talk about this. Let us know. The show at geekspubpodcast.com. You can always go to uh, geekspubpodcast at, is it geekspubpodcast or just geekspub? Why am I drawing a blank on that? Are you a time traveler? I you am. Don't I don't remember. <laughs> no, yeah, it's Geek Pub, Geeks Pub Podcast. I was my mind wanted to go yeah. to Tech Fan, um, but yep. you know, send us an email. Let us know what you think and give us recommendations. We'd love to hear it from hear from you. Uh, we'll be back next week on Tech Fan. That's our other show. And uh, David, it was fun talking to you this week. Uh, yeah, let me just trail a couple of things I've got to talk about next Uh-oh. week. I have I have set next to me here a Magic Leap AR headset. Oh, sweet! Uh, and and really has uh, really has been quite interesting to um, to pick up something that was nearly three three thousand pounds when it first came out. Um, but this is brand new, and I picked it up for less than uh, less than two hundred pounds. I uh, and uh, to get to experience it because obviously we're we're thinking about what Apple may come out with in the future, and I really wanted to understand what this stuff was like. So uh, I thought I'd have a play. I have I have thoughts. I also have a pair of headphones. Um, I, the, one of the things I follow on Twitter is 80s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And most of it I just kind of skip past because I'm like, yeah, I remember the breakfast, yeah. breakfast Club. I don't care. I remember yeah. Mr. T. I don't care. 
But this thing popped up, and I was like, oh, my God, that was the first actual headphones I ever, ever owned when I was a little kid. Um, And it's a Monita Model HP 9000 solid-state 2.25-inch headphones. It's just a radio. Uh, do you remember, and they're, do you, remember when, you remember when Solistite was really high Oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but I'm going to talk about that because okay. I bought them. It was dirt cheap, and they actually work. I, I tried them today, and they they actually do work. I, I was, these are, are these headphones with a radio built in? Yes. Yeah, it has awesome. a little dial on yeah. the side. Oh, uh, those were the business. Um, yeah, you got. Have you got an aerial that comes up out of them? No, no, it no. doesn't. It uses, oh. uh, I believe, the head thing. I just posted a link in the notes so you can actually see it. Okay. Um, it was it was in the box, in a bag. I put a nine volt battery in it right before we started recording today, and it oh, does work. Yeah. The the square the square look to them. I remember yeah. I remember stuff like this. I, I, yeah. I had exactly these. I don't remember the box, but I remember the headphones. Um, yeah. I remember the. Well, we'll talk about it on the next um, tech fan. Yeah, so I'm, I'm tune looking in. forward to that. So so a couple of really interesting things to talk about for next week. I'll see you then, David. See you then. Bye.